the hair is longer, the beard is bigger. That means it's been too long, folks, and been too long it has. Uh, I see more purple now. I hope you have too, even though I've been absent, and that's my bad. But we're back. Let me tell you, we're better than ever. Let me tell you why. This is Beecher from Sea Purple, by the way. We're on the Purple Pod, episode 13, the unlucky 13 that took so long for us to get to. But I'm in a new spot, new location. This is where I work, actually. Um, it's a very cool place. I think it's a cool backdrop, way cooler than my parents' basement. And uh, this can be the new location until I get fired or I quit or I find a cooler spot. Hopefully, we're chilling, though, here for a while. Uh, also... It's a crazy world that we're now living in. We are in debate and presidential election season. Man, it's going to be a doozy, folks. Every year, it's like a doozy. Every election, it's like a doozy. I also have a better camera, a newer camera, a higher quality camera, not my iPhone camera. Uh, So hopefully that's going to help. It's already looking better to me. I'm looking better on camera, let me tell you that. Uh, Jeez, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway. But my bad for the absence. Uh, as many of you guys know, I go to the university. I study in college at the University of Utah. As well as I work a part-time job, as well as doing Sea Purple, as well as having a social life, as well as just being a college student and sports and all these family and church and all these things that dominate the life of a young person. And so that's my bad. It's not a priority, but... I'm back with the content. As you guys know, I just released my debate reaction video a couple of days ago, about a week ago actually probably now. Uh, and so I'm back. I'm excited. I want to make more. I'm more motivated than ever. So expect more and more from me. I promise you, hold me up to it. We're back. It's going to be a doozy of an election. We got a month to it. We got to get to work. We got a lot of seeing purple to do until then. Let me tell you, a lot of people. We got a lot of people that we need to reach. We need to grow. We need to get our message out there. So if you're with me, you're with me. If you're rocking with me, you're rocking with me. And I'm excited. You know what I haven't heard in a long time? You know what I haven't heard in a long time? That intro music. So let's get it popping. And uh, let's get into it. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop a like on the vid if you missed that intro music. Because I did. Let me tell you, I did. Man. Ooh, there's some fire beats. Let me tell you. Welcome back. Uh, great intro, I hope. And now we're into the first segment. first segment is when we analyze President Trump's tweets of the week. I pick a couple. We talk about it. We analyze. We try to figure out what's going on in that guy's head. Because let me tell you, for a fact, now there's really no facts in the political world anymore, but for a fact, nobody knows what's going on in that guy's head. Maybe him. I think he does, actually. He's a smart dude. But we try to figure out what's going on, what's making him tick, why he's tweeting these things, all that jazz. And we got a we got a banger to start with. <clears throat> now, as you guys know, if you're following me, if you've listened to a couple pods, when he uses insulting nicknames for his enemies, and f- every enemy, I can guarantee he does have an insulting nickname, I got to cover it. And we got another one ready to go. And he starts the tweet number one with mini Mike Bloomberg. Now, if you don't know who Mike Bloomberg is... He was the former mayor of New York, billionaire, businessman, ran for president as a Democrat, actually was previously Republican uh, ages ago, but was previously Republican, ran as a Democrat, lost, didn't get the nomination, obviously, Vice President Biden has secured that bag, and 
is still kind of relevant in the political world. Shouldn't be on President Trump's radar, in my opinion, but of course he is because if anyone's going to attack President Trump, he will tweet about them. So here we go. Mini Mike Bloomberg. I don't know why he calls him Mini Mike. He's a small guy, probably. He's skinny, older. I don't know. Mini Mike Bloomberg, who made a fool of himself on the Democrats' debate stage, which he did a little bit, when Elizabeth Warren and others simply took him apart. Now, he uses Elizabeth Warren here, who's also an enemy and who he calls Pocahontas, but doesn't use that. I think because that would take away from the insult to Mike Bloomberg. So when Elizabeth Warren and the others simply took him apart is going crazy trying to buy his way back into the liberal Democrats' hearts. His Florida ads are lies, and I'm much better for seniors than sleepy. So let's take this apart. One, he did not do well in the debates. I agree with that. I don't know how he's going crazy trying to buy his way back in liberal Democrats' hearts. Now, this is something I haven't really researched much, but I'll mention it. I won't talk about it a lot. But apparently, Mike Bloomberg, which I think is actually it's interesting strategy, he's helping ex-felonies, people that just got out of prison or jail, um, with their court fees and with the court processing and all of that so that they can finally get that off their plate and go vote. Um, so that is one thing that I've heard that he's doing. But it seems like this is the context of what President Trump, why he tweeted this. I'm sure he saw an ad that Mike Bloomberg put out against him in Florida, which is where lots of older people go to retire, and watched it. And it was for President or Vice President Biden. President Trump saw it, and he had to make this tweet because that's how he is, and he's got to attack you. So that's what he did. He's trying to buy his way back in liberal Democrats' hearts. That's a job that... Mike Bloomberg spent about $350 million, I believe is the number that they released of his own fortune to run for president. And he ran super late in the race and didn't even get like any votes. Um, so he, President Trump's calling him out for buying his way into the Democrats, basically. And that's a warranted insult, I would say. So that's the first tweet. We got Mini Mike. And uh, so interesting. Now the second tweet, <clears throat> it's a plethora of tweets. But it's going to be so quick and rapid fire, it's basically as long as a normal one. He tweets about 13 times of basically all of President Trump's opinions and solutions and things that he's done, and then with the word vote at the end. So I'm going to rapid fire them for you and just give it give it to you right now. All right, And they're all in caps and the exclamation point, so I'm going to say it like how he tweeted them. The number one and most important, stock market highs, vote. Strongest ever military, vote. Law and order, vote. Religious liberty, vote. Biggest tax cut ever, and another one coming, vote. Uh, 401k, vote. K was in parentheses, which is how it's kind of written out, but I just thought it was funny. Best VA, which is Veterans Affairs ever, 91% approval, vote. Space Force, vote. <laughs> that was sick, actually. Massive regulation cuts, vote. Pro-life, vote. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got some more. We got some more. Better and cheaper healthcare. Vote. Interesting strategy. Even more interesting. Protect pre-existing conditions. Vote. It's what Obamacare is already doing, but I guess he wants that to continue. Fight the corrupt fake news media. You know how it's coming. Vote. And save our Second Amendment. Vote. Peace through strength, which I thought was poetic. And then parentheses. Bring our soldiers home. And parentheses. Vote. <sighs> Those were fire. President Trump, Donnie T. I like those, actually. I thought that was funny. All of them have about, let's see here, 50, 60 retweets. The Space Force one has the most retweets, which I think is super funny. 
Um, actually, Fight the Corrupt new- Fake News Media has the most, but Space Force is in a close second, uh, and Pro-Life is up there as well. So he's just, he's just laying it out there, all caps, exclamation points. That's how he does it. So I thought that those were just awesome and super funny. Now, our third tweet uh, is super interesting, warranted warrants a discussion, I believe, because this is oh, this is a big dividing division topic factor. But he says, our great USA wants and needs stimulus. Work together to get it done. Thank you. <clears throat> now, this is so annoying to me for many reasons. Not stimulus. For one, I didn't get one. That is annoying. But that's because I'm not an independent. I'm still on my parents. I'm still a baby. I'm just kidding. That's not why it's annoying. Stimulus, though, I think it's needed for sure. I think everyone's saying it. I think most Americans are saying it. Most politicians are saying it. I think it is needed. Now, the problem is when the government needs something, the Republicans come up with a plan and the Democrats come up with a plan. They vote on it. It gets passed. It doesn't get passed. If it does get passed, it goes on to the next level, the Senate. It gets passed in the House, goes on to the Senate. And then the other party will shake it down because probably the original party that wrote it probably put in some stuff, some political stuff that isn't relevant to stimulus, but they want to get it passed secretly. Now, this happens on both sides. If you don't believe that happens on both sides, you're wrong. As well as the other side. So say say the Republicans pass a, a $1 trillion deal in the House. It goes to the Senate. It fails in the Senate because the Democrats don't vote for it. Then what are Republicans and Fox News and President Trump going to do? They are going to blame the Democrats for not wanting to help Americans, America's people. It's a brilliant political strategy. Now, on the other side, the Democrats pass something in the House. The Republicans deny it in the Senate. The Democrats say the Republicans don't care about you or Americans. Brilliant political move. Both are wrong. Both are playing to their party's needs. Both probably don't care about you that much. Woo! That was fire. That was a little spiel right there. But I strongly believe I'm right, and I think most people that know politics and the bureaucracy, the, the bureaucracy of politics and the division and the enemies that they make in politics, they agree, I hope. And that's unfortunate, really. And that's why we are part of a brilliant movement. I've said the word brilliant so much lately. I feel like I'm British, mate. <sighs> Man, all right. So that's what's happening. So President Trump just wants them to get it done. Pelosi isn't going to want to fight Mitch McConnell on it. Mitch McConnell is not going to want to fight Pelosi on it. They're both going to try to do their thing, get it passed, and both of them aren't going to get passed most likely, and Americans will suffer. And meanwhile, the media on both sides and the parties on both sides are going to want you to blame the other party, but in reality, reality you should blame the government because their job is to protect no matter at what cost. And they're not doing that if they're not passing stuff. Today, I don't know how factual it will be. We'll see. But President Trump also tweeted that he's not going to even try for a COVID-19 stimulus until after the election. And I don't know how serious that's going to be. I think it's needed. I don't think people can go much longer without another one, personally. So those are the tweets. A lot to unpack, a lot of craziness. Uh, but... We're back on it, and we'll see what happens. I'll keep you updated, of course, but that's what we got for uh, President Trump's tweets. The main story, since it's been so long since I've done a pod, for the main story, they really want to pull like one story and analyze it from the purple the purple side, like the red and blue, go to CNN, go to Fox News. I just wanted 
talk about like the three most important party political topics that have happened in the last month. Talk about them. Talk about the hypocrisy of all those three and how we can see purple throughout those three. Um, so the first one is the Supreme Court, right? Now, in American politics, I think that the Supreme Court is the most important political figurehead in the American government system, right? You have the three branches, the legislative, which is the House, the Senate, all these things. And then you have the, the executive, which is President Trump and the, the White House. And then you have the judicial, uh, and the judicial is the judges and the courts and all those very smart people. Any court case that gets appealed to the Supreme Court, if they make a claim on it, if they make a judgment on it, it's national level wide uh, what happens. And so it's incredibly smart and strategic to keep people that are in your party and your belief system in that court, right? So that's why the Supreme Court becomes so controversial every time. Now, uh, let's just go back. President Obama, he had about six months before the election, 2016 election, Justice Scalia passes away. He was a conservative judge. Now, if President Obama wanted to play the political game, which he certainly probably definitely played because he's a politician in those eight years. If he wanted to play the political game, he would have said, we got six months, let's put someone in. <clears throat> let's put a liberal in, right, to replace a conservative, to have it be the Supreme Court be more liberal. So for the next while, we're going to have liberal decisions because the majority, nine judges, right, five to four would be liberal. They're going to win. He didn't. He thought it was up to the American people to decide. Um what judge should be in now so he left it to president trump or whoever was going to win the election to make that assessment themselves president trump wins he puts in neil gorsuch to replace justice scalia and um supreme court becomes a little bit more even okay so it's five to four now five conservative four liberal now i forgot the justice that passed away but then brett kavanaugh gets put in on the supreme court if you guys remember Brett Kavanaugh, that was a huge controversy, trials for days, conspiracies, lots of stuff. The Democrats made it as hard as possible to put him in, regardless if they were right or wrong, whether he was the right choice or the wrong choice. The Democrats made it 1,000% as hard as possible to put him in. Like any, like the Republicans would have done in their situation. 100%, I can guarantee that. Now, the balance... Um, with Kavanaugh in is now, sorry, five conservative, four liberal. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, if you don't know who she was, she was a really amazing lady, fought for women's rights. She's just a sassy lady. That was just a baller in the Supreme Court, like loved by most people, probably hated by a lot of people too, actually. She was super liberal. She passes away and President Trump can now make it six to three conservative to liberal in the Supreme Court if he puts someone in. Now, uh, what's controversial about this? Well, what's controversial is that there's now a month to the election. It's President Trump. And now we talk about the government. Things go slow. Things take time. There's interviews. There's committees. There's all these hearings. Things take time. The question is now, can President Trump push through a Supreme Court nominee before the election? Uh, which I'm not up to judge. I'm not in politics about the, the, the details of that, the timing of that. 
Now, also, regardless of who wins, President Trump's going to be president till January, mid-January, when the actual inauguration will happen. So if he gets reelected, it won't matter. But say President, uh, Vice President Biden wins, uh, he'll take it in January. So President Trump actually has about three months to do so. I talk about this in the debate video when he brings it up. Um, so it's a really big deal. Decades of probably Supreme Court decisions will be swung conservative if you put some someone like this in. So now let's look at like if it's controversial or not. It's definitely controversial because a lot of people are saying, hey, President Obama gave you the decency to let you pick someone. And he, he had six months before the election. Give the Democrats a decency uh, to put someone in and say if Joe Biden wins. And I think that's a very fair point. I also think it's a fair point that the Republicans are going to say, no, you guys ripped apart Justice Kavanaugh and made that miserable for everyone. So because of that, we're going to put this person through. Now, here's what I 1,000% will predict happen is President Trump will probably try to put someone through and the Democrats will block it and do everything that they can to delay it till the election, right? That's definitely going to happen. They just need to delay it a month, and then in a month, if Joe Biden wins, then they can say, no, now Joe Biden needs to do it in January. That's, that's my prediction. Hot take, Beecher's prediction. Let me know if I'm right in a couple months. That's why I think it's going to happen. Now, if President Trump wins, it won't matter regardless, right? Now, do I think, do I have an opinion either way? No, because I think any party in that situation saves the Democrats in the Republican situation, they would have pushed someone through too. They both want to defeat each other no matter what. That's what they want to do. And so I would honestly say that if the Democrats put someone through, the Republicans would roast them like they did, like the Democrats did Kavanaugh. And then back, if the Democrats had an opportunity to put someone in the Supreme Court and were fearing that President Trump was going to win, 1,000% they would put someone in if they could. So welcome I say it again, I say it every part of open American politics, right? It's a battle between the two. That's all they care about. And they're both going to be hypocritical, and they're both going to do it every time. Now, let's bring, I don't know why, but I thought, let's bring up Mitt Romney. A lot of people were like, what's Mitt Romney going to do? Is he going to come out against nominating a Supreme Court justice because he's pretty anti-President Trump? And no, he came out in support of putting in, uh, I forgot her name, but the Republican nominee for the Supreme Court. Now, I think that's interesting, and it shows that Mitt Romney, as a senator, all the Republicans think he's like liberal and fake fake Republican, which I never thought. I just think that he's anti-President Trump, pro-Republican, and this is something that will be pro-Republican. And so he's obviously for it. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, that's kind of all I have on the Supreme Court. I just want you guys to realize that that's my opinion, my prediction. It's a battle. They're going to try to screw each other over no matter what. And so I don't really have an opinion on it because both parties will do the both in both situations. So I said both a lot. Hope that made sense. Let me know if it didn't. So, yeah, let's get on to the debate. Man, I made a whole 15-minute video on it. So if you're listening to this now and after this, after you drop a like and a comment, subscribe on the video. If you want to go back and drop a like and subscribe and comment on my debate video, go ahead because that's really funny. It was a disaster. I tried to make like I just gave my honest opinion of the of the debate and I thought I did a good job let me know if I didn't um man it was a mess we're in I've said it we're in for a doozy though like um President Trump's just gonna attack and attack and attack 
And Joe Biden is on thin ice just with, like, his mental cognitive ability. I think he knows that. Like, he's an experienced politician. He's probably been super smooth in his career. That smoothness is waning. It's not there anymore. And he messes up when he talks and when he gets flustered. So it's going to be President Trump's going to attack and attack and attack. He's a bully. Everyone knows he's a bully. He doesn't care he's a bully, so he has nothing to lose. Joe Biden can't get flustered or overwhelmed because then Sleepy Joe comes out, right? That's... That's kind of what I'm going to predict. And so for the next debates, I think the same thing's probably going to happen. President Trump's going to attack. He's just going to roast Joe. He's going to say that he doesn't have any support, so people believe it. And so Joe believes it. Joe's going to try not to fight back very hard. And so he doesn't get flustered. And so he doesn't mess up. And so he can just have a nice, clean debate. Now, the problem is, is like at this point in American politics, especially like the last two elections, like, are there that many undecideds? You know, I, I think about that. Um, are there that many undecideds? Are the debates that important for people? Because if they are, and I think I've seen like 25% of people go into debates undecided, we're not helping at all. These debates are not helping at all, and we're probably turning more people to not vote, which is a bummer. But whatever. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make do with it. Basically... Uh, the debates are going to be rough to get through. Now, I am excited. Today is October 6th. Tomorrow, October 7th, is the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. That's exciting. One, they are both better speakers and better politicians, I would say, than President Trump and Joe Biden. Two, it's just going to be a little breath of fresh air. We haven't seen a lot of Kamala, and Mike Pence doesn't speak a lot. In my, I don't see a lot of Mike Pence talking because President Trump loves to do it. So that's going to be really interesting. Three... It's happening at the University of Utah, which I think is super sweet. Now, I didn't get to go, which is a bummer, but we'll be watching. And hope I'll probably have a debate reaction video as well after that one. So that's going to be interesting. Now, both of these presidents, candidates, are old. Both in their 70s. Both kind of crazy. I think no, no one would disagree with me there. Say one of them passes away. Vice President Pence or nominee of Kamala Harris could be it. So tune into that. It's going to be important as well. Um, we're in we're in a conundrum, I guess, again with the election. I mean, and I hate that it turns into this, but I know people view it as the the lesser of two evils. And if that's the way we're viewing the president, the president of the United States. If it's the lesser of two evils, then we've made a mistake as a country. And that's not on us as citizens. Maybe it is because we vote in the politicians, but the politicians that turn each other, turn us against each other, made that happen. And now we're here stuck. And people are going to have a hard time morally, responsibly, whatever you want to say, voting for either people. And that's what I'll have to say about that. Sorry, that was kind of dismal. <clears throat> it is what it is. We can do better. We're going to see purple. Now... COVID, President Trump gets coronavirus. Man, what a headline for 2020. Now, this 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 year's been a trip. Every month, there's been something crazy. March, April, May, June, July, right? We th when we thought Kobe died in February, that was going to be the worst thing to happen this year. Not even close. Now, it still still hits home. Mamba. I still got that Mamba mentality. We got to have that to see purple, to be honest. But October 1st, President Trump says that he and Melania... Uh, both are positive with coronavirus after one of his close uh, staff gets it. Basically, the whole staff gets it. All of President Trump's family basically gets it. They're all fine from what I know. 
What I thought was the most interesting is as soon as he comes out, all these Republican senators and also Republican officials start coming out and saying they have it almost as like, all right, the big story is President Trump. Now if I just come out, it's just going to be like forgotten. So like one of the Utah senators, actually Mike Lee got it. Chris Christie got it. Um, yeah, so oh, Kellyanne Conway got it, one of his, his former aides for a long time. Just crazy. Um, now, when it first happened, I was like, that's not good for President Trump. Everyone said this whole time he's not taking it seriously and he hasn't taken the right precautions. He gets it. That looks bad on him. And then I was thinking, but if he beats it, the whole time he's been downplaying it. Like, yo, it's not bad at all. It's just like the flu. I'm not worried about it now. So I was like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, if he beats it, though, he can downplay it and say it's not a big deal. Let's get back to work. I had it. I'm 70, whatever. Let's just go. At this point, he's beating it i guess he's back home he's asymptomatic they say and he's back touring and he's not wearing a mask which the media freaked out about of course as they would and it's just crazy uh and to me i don't know but america and covid and the future of it i don't know what it's going to be like people were like let's just have america run its course like whatever this is what we have to deal with now and I was like, no, we can prevent this. Countries are preventing it. And now, I don't know. We're 2,000 deaths strong. Our president had it. His whole family had it. And it seems like people's attitudes are like, we got to deal with this now. We're getting back to work. No more people are going to die from not having money in a job. If people are going to die from the virus, they're going to die. Which I don't think is a great mindset to have. That at this point, there's not much hope. And President Trump is not. I mean, he's actually... I don't know. He's like saying he got COVID, he beat it. It's just like the flu, which is what he said right at the beginning. So I don't know, man. It's a crazy world in that we live in. All I'm going to say is be safe, and whatever that definition is to you, let it be the definition to you. To me, I'm going to try to keep my distance. I'm going to attend small gatherings if I do attend gatherings, and I'm going to wear a mask as much as I can. Not while doing a pod, though. I'm alone in a room. Don't worry. I'm alone. <sighs> Be safe. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and if you can get back to work safely, do it. And if you can't, try to readjust. Try to see what we can do. I don't know. We're in a conundrum again. It's American politics, man. It's tough. We're in a weird country. And just be safe. Do what we can. I guess that's, what that's all my advice to get through this. Uh, and we can... Um, but let's get to some purple vibes. I feel like this is a high energy pod, but not happy news pod. Purple vibes are coming right now. The purple vibes for the day, for the week, for the next month are important. The most important thing. If you uh, are still listening, listen up. If you're like, oh, I'm about to turn this off, it's my least favorite part, which I hope it's not. Please listen. Purple vibes, this is all I'm going to talk about <clears throat> is how to have a purple mindset with the upcoming election. Now, I said that at this point, I think most people have their candidate they want to vote for, whether that be um, Trump or Biden, also Green Party candidates, Libertarian candidates, Tea Party candidates, which if you didn't know that there were others that are going to be on the ballot, there will be. Now, you got to have a purple mindset going into this next month or else it's just going to be miserable for you. We're all, uh, I feel like Americans, or just people in general, are prideful people, we think we're right all the time, and that's fine. 
to an extent. But that leads us to develop hate for people that think the other way or think we're wrong, right? Or judgment or just bad feelings, bad vibes, not purple vibes, bad vibes. So a couple things I just want to mention as we get into election season. Number one, this is the calm before the storm. It, I mean, it has been the calm before the storm. Starting now, next month, you're going to get ads. You're going to get TV ads, commercial ads, Instagram ads, Twitter ads, LinkedIn ads. Like, and Maybe not LinkedIn. I don't know. I'll let you know. I go on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, a lot of ads mostly tearing down the other person, not pro-Trump or pro-Biden, but anti-Trump, anti-Biden, right? And that's negative, but it's going to try to paint a picture for you, right? Um, if you live in a swing state, especially, you're going to get hit hard. Um, and I personally, I'll just tell you, I, I, because of this and because my job at Sea Purple is literally to see through the crap, sorry for the language mother, of politics, I like deleted all my socials. All I have is Sea Purple signed in on my Instagram. Other than that, I have nothing. And I just do my research when I need to. And that's been actually really nice, really enlightening. So I encourage you to do that as well. Now, <clears throat> next, a, a lot a big stigma is if you talk to someone that says they're not going to vote or they're just going to write in someone or they're going to vote for a Green Party candidate or Libertarian com- candidate, people on either side will say you're throwing away your vote. Oh, if I write in Andrew Yang, who you guys know is one of my favorites, people that are liberals say, oh, that's just to vote for Trump then. And I hate that. Now, it could be argued that it's true. It could be argued that it's false. But the fact that someone just wants to go vote in this in this election is cool to me. So that's awesome. Go vote. Go exercise your First Amendment right. Um, is it First Amendment? I don't know. Free speech, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so people are always going to try to discredit and they, that's tried to guilt trip you to think that your vote doesn't matter, doesn't count, or you're not doing civic duty, and I hate that. Go vote. Vote for whoever you want. I don't care. Now, I will say, like, don't write in, like, Harambe or Mickey Mouse, like 5% of Americans did in 2016. But go vote for someone you believe in, like, even if it's your father. Sure. It's not great. I would try to vote for someone that has, like, been a candidate, someone that you believe in politics that could do a good job. And don't let people say that you're throwing away your vote because I don't believe that's true. And if you, if any American honestly wants to go vote, I think that's incredible. Please go do it. I also say always give the benefit of the doubt, especially with friends and family. Now, we live in a world where it's like if you're a Trumper or a Bideners, or it's like a, it's mostly like a Trumper or like a socialist now. Like those are the two extremes. That's like you're obsessed with Trump or you're obsessed with Bernie Sanders and like high taxes. And that's like... So wrong, couldn't be more wrong. Most Americans are moderate, but they lean some way, right? So if you're a moderate left, you're probably going to vote for Biden. Even And if you're a moderate right, you're probably going to vote for Trump. You might hate him. You might hate Biden. But you're going to vote for who you think is going to represent more of what you believe in, right? And so if a friend came up to me and said that, yeah, I voted for Donald Trump. I voted for Joe Biden. I'm not going to instantly think, oh, socialist or racist. I'm going to think, okay, sweet, nice. You voted for what you believed in. You voted for a person that's going to represent the values that you believe in and the beliefs that you believe in. I would always do that. I would always give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, that person that voted for Trump could be a racist, and that person that voted for Biden could be a socialist and believe in 80% taxes, whatever it may be. But give them the benefit of the doubt. They just voted They voted for them because that's who they thought was going to be the right candidate for the America that they want to live in. And that's what I would suggest. It doesn't need to go more than that. Another thing... 
Don't debate people, especially a month ahead of the election. Most people know what they're going to do, and debating gets nowhere. You bring up maybe a couple good points, but it really goes nowhere. And you're not going to convince them. Everyone's convinced of who's right and who's wrong. Um, and debating just brings out hatred and stress and struggle and anxiety for us. So I would probably stay away from that as well. CNN and Fox News are the most prominent, probably two news sources of the right and of the left. The right and the left. And they are going to probably, Fox News will probably do pro-Trump things or an anti-Biden and vice versa for CNN. So if you want to see purple, I would probably stop watching both. Now there's not a lot of purple media out there. This podcast is the only one I'm aware of. But I would try to just go sources, good sources. If they're attacking, literally, if I think if they're attacking a candidate, they're probably going to be biased a little bit, either pro or against. Now, it's fine. You can watch them. Just be aware of that. Or watch both. After the debate, I watched both reactions, right? And that's how I made that video. Do both if you can. And the last thing is just please go vote. I don't care who you vote for. It's a right that people don't even have still today in some countries. Especially if you're a woman, go vote. You didn't have that right for a long time, and that's on our country's history. If you're a person of, of color, um, like a minority, I don't know if person of color is the right word anymore or ever was. If you're a minority, right, you didn't have the right to vote for a period of time. Go exercise your right to vote. And if you're anyone else that's not in that category, go exercise your right to vote because that is a right that's guaranteed to you and it's a privilege to go do. Do whatever you can. Uh, to make it happen, go vote for someone and study up if you can. That's this purple vibes. That's what I wanted to end with. Uh, as you guys know, I end with just go see purple. Go love somebody more. Go try to have empathy for someone. Go try to change the world. Whatever you want to do. Uh, it's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back. Expect these weekly and uh, let's go.